You're listening to the Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comment section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Dropped him. Asher. Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. All right, let's ready to roll. Three, two, one. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Chris Leppert. And right now it's like quarter after nine, Thursday night of the Archery Trade Association. And I'm on my way home from Indianapolis. Got a long drive ahead of me. So I figured I would record a podcast. Um, Not a big fan of doing this myself because I feel like I'm rambling most of the time. I don't have anybody to bounce things off of a little bit, ask questions or answer any questions that I might have or anything. So it's a little tricky. So I apologize if I get rambly, but I'd like to reminisce, if you will, and talk about sort of the start of our Facebook page you know, the podcast, the YouTube channel, Expo, whole nine. Been uh, having some really good conversations lately, especially today. Spoke with some buddies, one in particular that just hits me in the feels. So, without further ado, once upon a time. Ah, uh, 2017, we started... A Facebook group. It was called the Elite Outdoors. And we added a thousand people in nine days. There was another local group ran by some guys who were, we'll call them not that cool. Uh, they were a little rough around the edges and, well, yeah, pretty rough. Anyway, I wasn't their biggest fan. Uh, I'd had some disagreements with them, we'll call it. I wanted to beat them at their own game. They had like 4,500 people in the group. Any of my buddies that know me know I'm pretty competitive, and I can forgive people, but I don't forget, and I always carry a chip on my shoulder, so... I wanted to have a bigger group than them. So when we added a thousand people in nine days, I thought, we're doing all right. Well, we don't get far into this thing and an archery shop wants to donate a set of strings for a giveaway. That was a big deal. Uh, I'd never been offered anything free in my life. Never had anybody try to, you know, support this whole love for the outdoors thing. And our Facebook group was about outdoorsmen. Um, the guy that I invited to kind of be my, you know, secondhand man or, you know, partner in crime, if you will. Um, at the time, we were kind of best buds or whatever and um, we both shot a lot of archery and we were pretty big fans of one of our local archery shops so they offered that and we were pretty big on it we did a giveaway and it was not long before we were up to like 2,000 people so After that, we have other companies reach out. In between there, I think we did like, bought like a tumbler, put some jerky and a sticker or a couple stickers or something in there, crappie jigs or whatever, and uh, gave that away. And it was really cool. It was mostly local. 
people, a lot of them I knew. Then we started having other people join our group and add people. And this was before you had to hit the OK button to join a group. So before, people could just dump their friends list into a Facebook group. It's good that Facebook changed it because, honestly, I used to get added to groups all the time. I always used to laugh, though, because the people that didn't like me would get re-added to our group like six and seven times. And I just found it amusing. But, nonetheless, essentially, we start doing these giveaways and more companies see us growing they want to do giveaways and so we're doing well it's winter we really started at the right time it was like January 30th it was a Sunday really good high traffic time for those of you that are social media people and understand that you know, if you're not in social media, when's everybody sitting in their recliner on their couch, you know, looking at their phone, scrolling after work or the day. So Sunday is a big day and then Monday is a big day. So we get into the summer and while we're an outdoors group focused on anything outdoors, deer hunting is dominating our group which rightfully so as we get into the the summer months after turkey season and the internet is just dead this is where I began a lot of my learning process for being that social media guy we'll call it and We roll around to the fall. I thought it'd be cool to do a face paint contest. We had like five or 10 people get in on it. It was fun, it was opening weekend. And as we move through deer season, I started doing some things that I didn't realize what I was doing. It was funny because I would get in our group, make a post, and then talk to people. And for a little while, I thought people just really liked to talk to me. <laughs> but what was happening was I would make a post, somebody would say something, they'd comment, I'd reply to them, They'd reply to me, I'd reply back. Then, you know, two other people would comment. I'd reply to them, they'd reply to me. So what was happening is whatever conversation we were having was being blasted to the top of this group, to basically blasting it out into everybody's feed. So more and more and more people would see it, more people would comment, and it would just snowball. And then more people joined the group because of that. We had engagement numbers that were, for our group size, were off the charts. So we get into, let's see, that was 2017, so we get into early 2018 uh, you know not to bash on anybody or anything but the, the guy that I'd invited to kind of you know be my partner in crime or whatever with the whole thing which you know it's not like we were making money or anything anyways we weren't even getting like free gear at that point for ourselves so there was there's really no benefit found out he was doing some things that were less than honest and it involved our Facebook group so I had a decision to make do I want to 
risk and jeopardize my friendship with somebody I've been friends with for quite a while? Or do I want to do the right thing? Now, doing the right thing also meant that I could cut any kind of affiliation with somebody that was doing some things that weren't truthful and technically, in a sense, weren't legal. So I decided to part ways, um, gave him our Instagram. We had started an Instagram, said, hey, take the Instagram side. I grew a group basically by myself anyway, so I took the group. He wasn't happy because, of course, you know, well, I mean, I'll just say it. I'd done more work. I'd, you know, everybody that sees me now, they see me on the internet everywhere, on all the groups and everything. It's my thing. So I did that. As a result, we had a bunch of people, and, uh, you know, he was less than thrilled. I get it. Whatever. So 2018, I decided to form a team for our Facebook group. We added some people some of which I'd go on to be insanely close friends with. And we kept growing. We had surpassed that Facebook group I mentioned earlier. I didn't mention their name, of course. Really don't care to. Um, but the one that I wanted to beat, we passed them in five months. What took them years to get to, you know, that 4,000, 4,500 mark, whatever it was, took us five months. But then, once we passed them, I thought, well, why stop there? How would we stop? So I kept working. So again, 2018 rolls around part ways with my buddy want to do my own thing, decide to add a team, help drive traffic, post content, maybe talk to companies about giveaways, you know, whatever. So we added about 10 or so people, something along those lines, and again, just some amazing relationships. Some have faded over the years. You know, people have come and gone, but got a few of those originals left, and uh, man, it's it's cool to think about. You know, it's 2023, and I, I started that Facebook group in 2017, so we're coming up on a six-year anniversary. So we go through 2018, and at one point, we are just absolutely rolling. I'm shooting competition archery. I'm all over the internet. I'm posting about bows and bow strings and bow sights and arrows and uh, shot for another local shop. Competed nationally, finished top 10 in the nation. Um, my first year, decided to sit the last shootout so I wouldn't accidentally get bumped to another class so that I could come in strong the following year with some good development. Um, we get into late summer and the giveaway, eh, excuse me, the giveaways are getting bigger. We had a gentleman named Dave I'll probably destroy his last name, but I'm pretty sure his last name's Borzia now. Owned fast action charters up north on Lake Erie. And he said, when you reach 10,000 people, I want to do a giveaway for a charter. And I lost it. I thought, man, we're, talk we're not talking about you know, a set of strings, which you can make for a few dollars and, you know, maybe charge 
At the time, I think strings were like 65 bucks or something. They might have been 75, you know, depending on the company. Now we're looking at something that's like a five or six hundred dollar value, and multiple people can go on this thing. You know, really only one person can win. But I just thought it was so cool. And as I'm doing this, this is all just accidentally figuring something out with social media and marketing. It was neat. So he says this to me, you know, I want to do a charter. When you reach 10,000 group members, I was starting to get pretty confident in what we could do. So I said, when do you want me to reach 10,000? And I didn't know, you know, if he wanted it to be like the following year or what, you know, 500 bucks, whatever it was. It was a lot of money. That's a lot to donate, give away, you know. Pretty big value. So he said, oh, as soon as you can. So I said, all right. The following week, we added another, I think we needed like 2,500 people. We added 2,500 people, reached 10,000 group members and man it it just spiraled we had people contacting us after that wanting us to do giveaways and all that and then we started slowly saying hey you know we got to benefit somehow and there's like hours and hours and hours of time and we're not making any money what do we do so rather than do a giveaway and not get anything, you know, somebody, let's say somebody wanted to give away a pack of broadheads. Well, we wanted you to donate a couple packs of broadheads so that, you know, I could have some team member would get one pack or whatever, just something. Well, that was pretty cool. We started getting some free gear here and there, promoting it. That turned into sponsors with Archery. We roll into 2019, me and my buddy Luke, we were super close by then. We decided we wanted to start filming soon, but at this point, we were into competition archery. I invited him to be my shooting partner because I knew that if I had somebody with me that could throw a good arrow into the target somewhere close to where you needed to be, well, I'd have something to aim at and vice versa. I knew he was a pretty good archer. I didn't realize we were looking at basically, you know, a machine. He was really good. Um, I'd had some equipment issues and between that and Luke just absolutely crushing it, we were starting to get a lot of attention different archery companies and uh, I decided to walk away from the shop that I shot for. Um, they didn't want to grow, hardly had anything in stock. Uh, it was just, it wasn't my, you know, nobody really on the team was into competing. The ones that did compete, they were, you know, they didn't work at it or anything. It, it was more of a party to them. I traveled the country to come back with a podium or a plaque or you know whatever so we decided to go our own route and do our own thing you talk about scary you know you archery shop that I had shot for wasn't happy when I walked away they lost a lot of publicity, I guess you'd call it, whatever. I mean, I, I ran their social media, I ran my social media, I shot, helped set shoots, um, worked the state championship they hosted, I mean, everything. On top of that, I promoted the living hell out of that place. So, all their people were, you know, making stuff up and they were all pissed. But 
when you finish top 10 in the nation, your first year, kill 170 inch deer, and you have a bigger social media presence than the entire archery shop and staff combined, you feel like you at least want to be treated a little better. And I just wasn't there in between that and the growth aspect. The growth really bothered me. I like when people want to get better. Not saying everybody in the world has to be like killing it every day, but if I'm going to be a part of something, I want it to grow. You know, I don't like to be stagnant. So I walked away. We made a couple posts on our Facebook page and uh, immediately picked up a new archery shop to shoot for. Me and Luke both this time, um, you know, got some good deals, didn't get discounted strings, we got free strings, which was nice, it just really helps out, you spend hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, traveling the country, competing, paying for hotels, paying for gas money, you name it, you know, when I sound like Terrell Owens or something, holding out on training camp, really what it is, is you kind of get beat down and you put in so much work and you're really not seeing a benefit. Well, if you looked at it like it was your job, like I was trying to a little bit, well, you're not gonna go to work for free. So just because you smile every day doesn't mean you shouldn't get paid or shouldn't benefit somehow. So we get this new shop to shoot for. We start off pretty solid, especially Luke. Uh, Luke damn near won Winter Nationals. I think he placed third at the IBO Indoor Worlds. Um, he won Spring Nationals. I shit the bed in those first two shoots. I was dealing with some insane, serious target panic, which I think there was a lot of, I put a lot of pressure on myself, had a lot of like local talk, hate, whatever you want to call it, a lot of people rooting against me. So that really, you know, that that got to me a little bit. And uh, it was tough to be focused. And um, going into the first leg of the Triple Crown, the national championship, where there's three shoots, um, I decided to change my diet and try to do some things to help me. So I started drinking water before and after every shot. I'd snack on jerky sticks or peanut M&Ms or whatever. Always trying to take in a few calories here and there, keep the blood sugar boosted. Cause it would get pretty hot. So really helped. Um, we go into the first leg and we get through the first day and I took two eights, I think, all day. And I was 10 up. And I thought, wow. That's pretty, pretty dang good. So then we go through our next 10 and I am I want to say I was like 15 up. It was something crazy. You know what? Scratch that. I'm giving myself too much credit. I was six up after the first 20. And then I went four more up after 30. So through three sets of 10, I was 10 up and we had five targets to go. I thought, damn, man. But we had the hardest course. I dropped six points, somehow by the grace of God, because uh, the footing was terrible, it was crazy. Uh, your bubble had to be perfect. And I dropped six points, finished four up. But what was cool is we were in on the team competition as well, and that meant that we had a chance to make some podiums in other ways. So 
Let me tell you how this went. I finished four up. Luke, I want to say, finished 15 up, and he won the shoot. One of our other buddies had a rough go at it on the same 10 targets that I did, and that kind of killed the rest of his shoot for him. Our other buddy finished third, and I was fifth. So we went 1-3-5 at the first leg of the National Triple Crown, and that was cool. That was my first time shooting up at a National. That was a monkey that I just couldn't get off my back. But it was different. It's way different than a, a local. It's a game that you have to learn to play. So we go into the second leg, and I really shit the bed. I shot 38 down. My bow came out of time, which we'd later find out. I fought a bow for two and a half years that started out of the box with a broken bearing. I will never shoot that company's bows again. I'm still pissed just thinking about it. But anyway, my bow comes out of time. I go 38 down, can't figure it out. I watch my buddy win that leg. And then my our other two teammates, God love you, Justin and Mark. They did very well, and we won that leg as well. So we won the first leg and the second leg. And at this point, I want to say we were up by something crazy, like 68 or 69 points. It was insane. We, I mean, we would basically all have to not shoot to win the national championship. We're a, we are a shoe-in. If we shoot bad at the next leg, we're probably not going to lose. Well, going into the third leg, I changed some things up, trying to get a little better. I wanted to rebound, and I wanted to go help my team finish strong. I did not make the cut for the peers uh, to compete for the national title because I shot 38 down, and that took me out of the running. I was in the running after the first shoot. Second shoot, just can't recover from that so I had to shoot by myself with people that I really didn't know ended up making some buddies out of that so that was cool I go in there I've got a single pin normally we shoot two pins in hunter class shot a single pin went with an auto light that could change colors by running a clear fiber it had like seven different colors I went with a single pin and I sighted it in at like 30 or 31 yards just aimed low and high man I started off rough and I fought my way back and I'll never forget I was like I was three down going in to my final 10 targets I had struggled came back then I hit a five and that just soaked up all those X's I had just shot because I put a I put on a clinic on one of those 10 target courses it's so cool to even think about and kind of relive in my head so I'm in the hotel room that night and I've just got 10 targets left and I, I see some of our competition from a local archery shop turning in scorecards and these guys shot the games of their life no doubt they shot great one guy shot like nine up and I thought damn that must be a gimme course now that guy's not that good well he shot a damn good round because that was not gimme course I was thinking we were gonna have like five super close targets and all that like not even close they were they were tricky so I'm out there I'm in a long line <clears throat> waiting to shoot target one. And I look behind me and here come all the peer groups, all the best archers in the country, bad sons of bitches who just, I just looked up to them, all of them. There was hunter class guys, 
advanced hunter, BBO, I mean, all the amateur classes had their peer groups and they were all right behind me, right behind my group. So now I'm nervous as hell. <laughs> and I just told myself, just pull through your shot and let the arrows go where they may. Don't try to do too much. I'll never forget I let that first arrow go and it disappeared. The lighting was super weird that day. And I think this was partially a focus thing too. I was more focused on my shot than the arrow. So I could see it, but then I would lose it the last, we'll say third of the distance. Last 10 yards or so, it would just disappear and hit the target. And that's scary. <laughs> that's tough to get used to. I'll never forget pulling through, the arrow disappeared. I freaked out and I hear my buddy Stevie behind me say, he freaking smoked it. And I don't hold the 11 ring on the deer. And I went on an absolute run. I shot seven X's that day. I did not hit an eight all day. I had two targets where I was literally a hair out of the X, just a hair away from the line, where you could literally not fit a piece of construction paper, the, the width, like we're talking like the thickness of a piece of cardstock in between the line of the X and my arrow. If you're looking for an affordable technical gear style clothing that performs well, that cuts weight from your clothing, but not from your wallet, check out Huntworth. Whether you're hunting early season in Nebraska, mid season in Ohio, or late season in Iowa, Huntworth has a system to keep you comfortable and focused on your hunt. With early season fast approaching, we highly recommend checking out the Durham lightweight hunting pants and the midweight Shelton hoodie. These items paired with an appropriate base layer will perform at a high level in multiple early season conditions when fishing and hunting. So we've been on the search for a new broadhead this year and after doing some research and kind of looking around, we found this company called Afflictor Broadheads. We got our hands on some of the heads this summer to test out and guys, I got to tell you, I believe that this head will be in our quiver this fall. Each and every broadhead is hand assembled in their Texas facility by people who truly care about your experience. This year, I'll be shooting the K2 Mini and the K2 Hybrid. And I gotta tell you, I'm absolutely loving them. They fly great, they're extremely durable, and the penetration is just deadly. I can't express it enough. I also love the practice pin feature these guys came out with. So far, I'm really, really impressed. To learn more for yourself, check them out at afflictorbroadheads.com. I hung a nine o'clock 10 on a max yardage whitetail buck. I finished seven up, put me four up on the tournament. But what really sucked is those two that I missed by a hair. That cost us that leg. Now, we lost by a single point had we simply tied them, we would have won because we absolutely annihilated their life with X count. We were all pretty good at what we were doing for the most part. They just had a good game though, and, and hats off to those guys still. I, you know, walked up, shook their hand, congratulated them. It was a cool thing that they did that. It sucked, but hey, you, you beat us. So we did however, end up still winning the national championship. So that was neat. So now we get into the last shoot of the year. One that I missed the year before. I've heard so much about the IBO world championship. This was gonna be my last shoot. Archery took up too much time it took up too much money. 
the ROI wasn't there. You know, your return on investment, you're spending. I mean, I'm having practice in the morning. I'm having a lunch practice when my baby's down asleep. And then I'm having an evening practice. And then sometimes I'd work another one or two where I'd just go sling a few arrows, working on form. And to give you an idea, and, and, and archery is about knowledge and, and practice. It's not, to me, it's not like I'm no more special than anybody else. It's just how hard you're willing to work and how much you're willing to learn and how far you're willing to go. You know, within the legal means, of course, of the rules. So this was going to be my last shoot. I was going to walk away. I was going to do the filming thing and the hunting thing and focus on that. Well, it's kind of like your last shot in golf. You're ready to quit golfing or not golf again for a while, and then you just hit that beautiful shot. Well, I hit a bunch of beautiful ones. Uh, Luke and I had been offered to, and Pierce, we'd been offered a free trip to go fish with a charter on Lake Erie. It was a different one called Hoops, Line, and Sinker. Dudes are awesome. Uh, absolutely love those guys. So we are going to leave on a, I want to say it was like a Monday, um, go fish and then come come back Tuesday and then Wednesday we were going to leave for Worlds. Well, Friday night before that, I'm out doing my evening practice. The World Championship is the following week and at the end of practice, I'm having some issues and I'd had issues all year, man. This bow, it was the SR6. It was a damn nightmare. I was pissed. Well, come to find out, I had a limb that was delaminating, basically broken. So I was freaking out. I call the guy we shoot for. He sends some emails to the Bowtech rep and all that. So our plan is, you know, he spoke to them and they were going to get limbs out first thing Monday morning. So those limbs, I, I drive up north, me and Pierce stayed the night with Luke. I drop my bow off first at the shop because the guy was near Luke. And we go fishing, come back after fishing. He had put the new limbs on my bow, got it in time, um, and then did what he could tune-wise. Luke and Pierce and I, and we've got my little girl with us as well, which was actually kind of cool, a little stressful, but cool. Um, we make the you know, three and a half hour drive home, shitty rainstorm, we get back and immediately head to the yard and we're bare shaft tuning and walk back tuning and all that get everything where we think it should be and then I start sighting it in I'm really particular uh, more often than not when I was shooting hunter class you'd have a certain setup and you know figure out what each pin would do at what yardage so you knew what you could get away with if you were wrong with your yardage because it's all unknown yardage you got to guess you're shooting at something you can't see basically you know, line indentations in a target that aren't colored differently. And then you're also having to guess the yardage. So it's extremely difficult stuff. Well, more often than not, I'm at least clover leafing with these target arrows and a target setup. So I was pretty particular. Was like, I get it close, and then the next morning, Wednesday morning, before we leave, for the world championship, I get it where I think it should be. We get to the world championship, and man, I come out day one shooting all right, but it's a tough course. It's not like the other ones. We have extreme uphill and extreme downhill shots while dealing with the side hill. So you're like leaning into a hill, leaning away from the hill, drawing your bow with the top cam pointed 
into the hillside so that when you drew back, your bubble would be level when you came to full draw. And uh, just a lot of crazy, stupid tricks and stuff you're dealing with, man. And uh, essentially, I went, I shot two eights on 20 targets and I came off the course uh, with worlds. You're not allowed to pick who you shoot with. They split everybody up, which worked out. I think that helped me a lot, especially with the situation. Um, I finished right behind Luke and we're coming off the course and I made a joke, hey, you shoot 20 up today, brother? And he didn't answer me. I thought, man, that's weird. I got up, like, man, I shot terrible, which for him, terrible was even, you know, like par in golf. A lot of people that like to par a course, especially that, that was a tough course. He wasn't feeling well. As a result, he didn't drink much water, eat much, and that kills you. You fatigue, you, and, and you just make little mistakes. It's not like you can't walk or anything. It's just that you're not at the top of your game. I finished eight up on the first 20. We came off the course, and I remember looking at the list. I was leading the world championship. Now, I'm not afraid to admit that I get a little emotional for certain things. This was different. There wasn't anything happening now. I was done shooting for the day, but I had an adrenaline dump and I could feel something I needed to leave. So I snuck away to the port let I'll never forget, trembling for minutes. I stood in there for minutes, not just long enough to take a whiz. I was in there for probably 10 minutes, standing there, trembling. I had tears streaming out of my eyes. I was leading the IBO World Championship, and I couldn't believe it. So, day two, fog rolls in and we can't shoot. So they have to push everything back, which was really nice because I was nervous as shit, scared to death, and I needed a day to chill. So we went and got coffee and played cards and drank beer, just hung out. It was great. We were in a house with some amazing people. Uh, one gentleman's wife, uh, Scott's wife, he, um, she was doing all the cooking. We ate so good. Uh, smoked pork butts, smoked wings, you know, just amazing food. So that really helped. Well, we get into the next day and I'm running a little bit behind and, and my group actually left without me and I had to run them down. And uh, I get out there and you know, obviously I'm the last one to shoot. Uh, I absolutely smoked it. And so, I remember I finished the day with 12 X's on day one. And the next day I struggled a little bit. I, I shot an eight on the turkey and I took a few more eights. But I ended up basically, you know, I, I, I remember shooting well and then all of a sudden I was melting down bad and uh, I think a little bit of the pressure was there but a lot of it was just that was much tougher terrain that day it was a much tougher walk all the shots were way tougher and there were a lot of it was just difficult man can't stress it enough so we have about four targets left and I am not doing good and I'm sitting on my archery seat. I just got my head hung down 
super low. I'm struggling. And for anybody that knows, you know, what we've kind of stood for since this group started and especially, you know, once we grew pretty big, we always stood for, you know, being honest and everything, but also building people up and helping people, lifting others up, whether you were below them or above them. I'll never forget my buddy Luke coming up to me and he just kind of put his arm around my head and, you know, leaned down speaking into my ear, you know, kind of buddy to buddy or whatever. He's like, dude, just pull through your shot, finish strong here, and let's go shoot the hill together. Now, to preface this, one of our goals was to win a national championship together. Luke won the individual national championship. We won the team national championship, but our other goal was to shoot the hill. The hill was basically when you make the cut, you're one of the top five scores in the entire world championship shoot in your class. And <clears throat> you basically ride the ski lift down, shoot 10 targets against those guys. And that's, that's what you got. We had six people make the cut and I ended up being one of them. I ended up pulling it out. I was 13 up. Luke shot like an animal. He was even and he shot 10 up on day two. And then when we checked the leaders, I was not leading anymore. Another guy, uh, he had dropped down from pro hunter class. Um, he was leading by one. He was, I want to say, 14 up. Well, now it's on. Me and Luke and this other gentleman are the top three in the entire world. We shot against people from France, Africa, you name it. It's literally the world championship. So, I'll never forget, you know, Luke had his amazing, uplifting little speech that he had for me that day. And then the next morning, I remember him smiling as I'm driving us to the hill. And he said, aren't you so excited for me? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm going to win the world championship today. And I kind of nonchalantly said, yeah. But in my head, I said, the hell you will. And I, it kind of, it kind of got to me a little bit competitively. I'm not like mad. I'm just competitive. We got on target one. And I shot an X, he took an eight. Target two, I took an X, he took an eight. He's struggling to find X's at all, took two eights. And on the first six targets, I took five X's and a 10. Well, then the little bastard black bear in the creek got me as a standing bear uh, or it was a, I want to say it was a grizzly bear, actually. Whatever it was, yeah, it was a grizzly bear. So they put it in a creek, and it got me. I thought it was like 21 yards, and it was like 33. I was always terrible at getting judged, and they would, they'd yard me pretty good. So I took an eight. Thank God I only took an eight. I made a great shot uh, for anybody that knows archery very well, you know, when you compete. You know when you made a great shot and still took an eight because that would have been a five otherwise, which is rough. That's basically, you shoot a five, it's like minus five. So I took another eight and then 
a couple of tens and we're on the last target and I knew I had beaten Luke but I didn't really know where I sat and this is where inexperience comes into play and not having all that experience my course management was lacking and I should have looked at the cards before we even stepped up to the target to the stake I should have you know figured out what I needed to do to do what and I didn't really realize that I could tie his score therefore win the world championship due to X count and I also you know because I suck at judging yardage and it had a couple rough ones I also didn't want to blow it and go from leading and then second to like seventh something stupid so I played it safe and I aimed just a little high because it was pretty rare that I I misjudged and hit high, although I did have one of those that I took an eight on. Um, I always went low. And I put, I remember putting my bottom pin, which was a 32 and a half yard pin, I remember putting it at the top of the. Um, the X line basically just just above the X line at 12 o'clock and I split the rings so I came in between the 10 and the, and the 11 ring took a 10 you know basically damn near hit right behind the pin and I just aimed at it I'd have hit it guaranteed I could hit whatever I want that tournament it was a matter of yardage only it was very rare I did have one this is kind of crazy too, I forgot to mention this. I had one target, it was an extreme uphill, dark colored black wolf. And we had a guy on the inside of the 10 ring at nine o'clock and on the outside touching the 10 ring at nine o'clock. So the arrows were touching inside and outside, both the 10 ring and each other. They were stuck together on opposite sides of the ring, but touching, so they were both 10s. I shot and I busted both knocks off of their arrows and took an eight. It kicked me into an eight, which was super depressing. And I don't, I don't know, I don't think I could have counted that. I don't think you can bust a knock and count it, but I think if I were to have Robin Hooded one, which, you know, in target archery now basically means you would push their bushing into the arrow. More than likely your arrow is going to bounce out and then the back end of their arrow would be shredded. You clearly, you know, Robin Hooded, hooded their arrow um, because you basically have to hit something the size of a very small, uh, like, a knitting needle, if you will. Like, you got to hit something pretty small and perfect. But anyway, that kind of sucked, so took an eight that way that was unfortunate because otherwise I'd have been a 10 if they're not there I'm in the 10 but it was my own fault anyway uh, came down to the last arrow and I hit behind the pin just didn't aim the correct spot and lost the world championship by one arrow so that's enough of the archery stories because uh, there's not a whole lot of impressive after that we won another national championship the next year in advanced hunter that was cool. I didn't really shoot well. We shot MBO the following year, but um, we ended up stopping after the second shoot because it was just too much. And again, not enough ROI, which going back to the world championship being my last shoot and my buddy and my wife talked me into shooting and everything. So that explains that. Anyway, we roll into the 2019 season for deer after the world championship my first out-of-state hunt for whitetails. We go to Kentucky. The a guy on our team loans us a camera but has the settings all screwed up. So we didn't end up getting it on film, but 
I killed a piebald buck. That got a lot of attention, um, which was cool. I mean, it was public land opening day, archery. Uh, struggled, ate a tag in Ohio, had a couple chances at a really good 145-inch deer, we'll say. Uh, blew that a couple times, and then he shed his antlers six days before the season. Um, then we roll into 2020. COVID happens. We create our LLC. Uh, we've got all these big turkey plans. All these states shut down. So that was rough. That kind of put a damper on our filming a little bit. Um, but we were getting into the filming. We started our YouTube channel. Uh, 2020 was the first time I really ever filmed anything and I remember we did our first video it was a trout trip to uh, it was a trout trip in Gatlinburg in the Smokies and uh, man that was cool so we get into this editing and then we get into the gear reviews and then the following year we come up with this idea I thought man we we ought to do a an expo with all these companies that sell these saddles and sticks all this fun gear so we did that it grew then we did it again this past year and it more than doubled in size again just thinking back like our YouTube channel doubled in size uh, it's just been so crazy you know I was, I was talking with my buddy Derek Craig from New Day Outdoors if you appreciate amazing photography and videography it's a channel to check out he does some cool gear reviews just some really cool tutorials um, he's, a, he's an engineer and and, and more so uh, a problem solver. So I've just gotten kind of close with that guy uh, over the past year or so. So anyway, um, talking to him today, you know, he's on the cover of the catalog for Athens Archery and they've got a big picture of him at the ATA at full draw with their bow sponsored by them works for Magnus Broadheads which shout out by the way to Derek and Mike from Magnus for getting me and Aaron into the ATA uh, we're not super important people so we don't have that ability so it's always nice uh, having some really good connections that um, are just super good people and help you out so thank you for that if you're listening And uh, our conversation, though, was just kind of surreal because, you know, the whole bow sponsorship and seeing his picture up there and some other things were just hitting him in the fields. And, you know, the whole time he's talking about that, like, man, that's cool. I'm thinking about, you know, things I'm pretty proud of with our growth and, uh, you know, the expo, the YouTube channel and now we're monetized and we can make money by filming things I never thought I'd be able to say that so when you go back to 2017 and think about just starting a Facebook group and that turned into I'm going to make a living in the hunting industry and there's a good chance that at least one or two buddies might be able to do the same thing or at the very least have an amazing side job. All the connections we've made within the industry, which I hate, I can't stand the word industry, it's stupid. I feel like it's one of those words people say to make themselves feel important. But, I mean, I guess it is what it is. Um, 
all the relationships we've established with so many people from so many different companies have been nothing short of amazing. Seeing guys come to our expo and get sponsored where they would have never had that opportunity more than likely if we don't put that show on because they wouldn't have traveled to the ATA or you know one of these other big shows or events or whatever and seeing all the other relationships between other people at other companies and from YouTube channels and podcasts and all that it's just super cool so I just man this map lady is interrupting me guys what's cool is I don't have PTSD and uh, get all like triggered when she starts shouting out where I am because <laughs> I'm not on my way home or on my way to a spot to hunt I'm just coming from the ATA but she can shut the hell up at any point so anyway I uh, just thought we'd reminisce a little bit I apologize there's not really any helpful tips in here other than uh, I'm going to kind of end it with this little final thought closer a uh, little concluder if you will um, something that I've felt pretty strongly about and something my buddy Derek said today really hit home so for anybody that's listening and you know they want to maybe make a living in the outdoor industry or maybe you want to be popular or you know get free gear or whatever you know I don't know what the hell drives you but whatever it is pretty much anything's possible if you put your mind to it obviously we all know that but he was talking about how he sees all these people come into the industry and they're just all piss and vinegar and they're just going to do things right away and then they get burnt out and then one thing that happens is when people don't think they're God's gift right away or something and you know, nobody's knocking or calling they get bitter and then it's just like this ball of negativity and it brings you down and it brings people down around you and it affects relationships and stuff like that but the people that are just doing it because they love it they have you know what we call like a, a true passion for the outdoors for hunting it could be deer hunting turkey hunting whatever when you're super passionate about it you'll fight for it you'll grind for it and you just keep going seems like good things happen and you know to quote my late boss god rest his soul love you rick taught me a lot we always used to get into discussions about sex and race and um you know uh socioeconomic status and all that you know some people are born poor and some are born with a silver spoon in their mouth and all that and he pretty much i mean he laid it out there and i think a lot of the the older guys you know in their 40s or 50s they will lay it out there because I think we all figure it out at some point or another and some are lucky enough to figure it out at a young age you know maybe you, you had a dad to teach you or something and and help you become a man and maybe maybe some people didn't or whatever and they didn't put it together or they didn't have a good dad or whatever they didn't put it together right away but if you wake up every morning show up whatever you're doing show up with a good attitude and hit the ball hard good things are going to happen you just keep working and you keep going my wife always told me I'd have all that man I'd get down and you know at some points I'd have tears in my eyes because start doing anything good and the hate starts locally you find out who your friends really are you find out who's really loyal to you find out who's really clapping for you and uh, had some pretty hurtful stuff done to us and said I had a 
a dead deer carcass thrown in our yard had um, you know people doing all kinds of crazy stuff making up rumors and and all this oh it was crazy and it it gets tough to handle for a little while but if you just keep your head down you keep working again you know hit that ball hard good things will happen and it's kind of funny because all that stuff that used to bother me a lot that people said had this conversation today that prepared me for real life because now I don't have an archery shop or two or three or whatever that doesn't like me I don't have a few people locally that don't like me but what I do have are multi-million dollar companies it's not you know this isn't this isn't the miners anymore you know sorry for relating things to baseball I don't even like baseball if I'm being real hopefully I don't lose any friends or listeners over that but not a big baseball guy till October anyway but uh, it's just crazy because now you know if somebody doesn't like you or you know feels like you're doing something and they want to steal it or know run you dry they've got millions of dollars to work with and they can do pretty good at intimidating you sometimes you know that stuff happens um, so with that said I really appreciate everybody tuning in um, I hope I didn't ramble on too much I've just been thinking a lot about how we started and where we've been and I got to thinking tonight at dinner with my buddy Aaron about how um, how far we've come and you know really all the little steps and some of the little things that have happened and I just felt for those who haven't got to watch it'd be cool to hear some of that and you know if you did get to watch everything from the beginning maybe you forgot and you can sit back and kind of piece it all together and have a nice little aha moment Guys, I really appreciate all the support of the people listening to our podcast. Please head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Please like and follow our uh, Fueled by the Outdoors business page as well as our Mobile Hunters Expo page on Instagram as well as um, Facebook. And I can't tell you enough how all the support means, how much it means to us, all of us. Um, we're super grateful, and we hope you'll tune in next week we got some good things coming this year. got some amazing guests coming this year. I know you'll love them. Appreciate you all. Have a great day and enjoy the work day. See you.